Welcome to a new episode of Necessity with Lindsay Jackson and Marguerite Pierce. Today, we are going to talk about the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Now, it already sounds like I read a lot of books, and I don't. I am not the one who can name off 10 books and tell you the author, the title, and and give you all the details of the book. But there are a select few of books, excuse me, a select few books that I really get into. And I'm going to tell you, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is the book that totally changed every piece of my life. And so I learned about this book actually from Marguerite. So she's going to really talk with me and we're going to talk with each other about how this book showed up for the both of us and how it could even show up for you. So the funny thing is the the people that Lindsay was talking about, like that could read off the names and authors of 10 books and things like that. Yeah, she was talking about me. So mm-hmm. um, so we can get into it. And, you know, I, I will just echo her sentiments because I – I do read a lot of uh, self-improvement and, um, you know, nonfiction and, and, and things uh, um, just about how to do better or learning from someone else's experiences. And this is one of the books that um, definitely resonated with me on multiple levels and we figured it only made sense for us to talk about it with you guys and, and share it and share our experience and um, thought process with uh, how this book effectively changed our lives. So with that being said, the first agreement, be impeccable with your word. Well, be impeccable with your word. I said it again for the people in the back. <laughs> so what, you know, what what the heck does this mean? Like, what, what, what are we talking about here? And I think what Don Miguel wanted, wants us to know is just how powerful words are. Not can be, but are. Like, they are really powerful. And I think at the beginning of it all, it begins with how you talk to yourself. This is who you are. You're you're with yourself every moment of the day. Waking, not waking. Um, wait, so, not waking? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, well, wait a wait, minute. You are with yourself, but you're still you. You sleep. <laughs> but it's it's you. not like I'm dead. You're not, not waking. <laughs> I didn't, you know what I meant. Jeez. Jeez, man, now you make it sound like I'm super morbid. Anyway, anyway, the point being, we are with ourselves constantly. And it's the communication with ourself sets the tone and standard for how we communicate with others. And I think that if you really start to digest or dissect the messages that you're telling yourself, I'm, I guarantee that you'll find some problematic stuff that you might need to clean up or rethink. And I'll just, I'll take a step back 
and and reframe it and make it a little bit more more simply. Um, being impeccable is not going against yourself, right? To be able to take responsibilities for your thoughts and actions without judgment. Uh, the way Don Miguel explains it and describes it is impeccable. Like that word, it means without sin. And that sin begins with self-rejection. And so the self-rejection is when I talk down about myself or I don't believe in myself or I just run rampant with the self-pity and and the the pity parties and all of that stuff. So I first read uh, The Four Agreements back in 2011. And the 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 cha- the first chapter, well, really, the first agreement is the second chapter, but um, it trans it really transformed my perspective, and I think it's it's probably the most powerful of the four agreements. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. That's 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 my assessment. And so I read it in 2011, and and at that time, I feel like I was at a crossroads. I mean, I think even before then, like, I I felt like I was always at a crossroads, really. And it helped me think about the agreements that I had made for myself and and, and what I was following and really deciding that, you know what, like, those, those agreements are no longer working for me, so I need to do something about it. So the, the agreements that I was actually struggling to uphold um, that I was trying to live my life by were mm. to always follow the rules, mm. right? I'm that person that was ultimately like the poster child for goody two-shoes. Mm. I didn't get into trouble. Like I avoided trouble because I didn't like getting into trouble. I thought it was stupid. Like if your mom or your dad tells you not to do something, simply don't do that thing. Like that's – it was black and white for me. Ooh. It was black and white for me. Oh. Um, <laughs> second one that I was uh, trying to box myself into – to always be right. Hmm. That's fine. Because <laughs> I'm not perfect. So that's that. That's challenging. Um, third one. To always be strong. And I know exactly what the third one is, is rooted in. I'm the oldest child. And and this happens a lot. And I, I don't even think it's it's... I don't think it's a byproduct of something that was put on me like that. I don't think my my parents like threw me into this box or set up an environment where I had to be strong. I think that was just something that was innately in me that Mm. I felt responsible for my younger siblings. Okay, fine. And to lead by example, stuff like that. Fourth one. There's five, y'all. Don't worry. Um, To always be in control. And, you know, again, like I'm not God. I don't have any superpowers. So that became challenging, right? Where life is just happening and I have no control over anything that's outside of my thoughts and actions, really. And lastly, 
to always have things figured out, right? To always have the answer. So that's right in uh, direct correlation with to always be right. Um, so I I had to after I started reading um, this book and this chapter specifically, I had to think about a lot of things that were going on um, in my life and figure out what I wanted to do with it. Um, and some of those those messages, you know, the agreements that <clears throat> I was following previously, some of the 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 language that I was using for myself, you know, resulted in um, challenges like at work. Right. I I always like to uh, be right. And I always like to be in control. So that resulted in me being really ambitious and taking on more responsibility than I was being compensated for, right? I'm wearing multiple hats, um, you know, at a at a job that wasn't serving me well. Like this is um, at, at the time, um, even before I read it, <clears throat> I was working uh, at a, a corporate housing, like real estate company. And I was, I was, <laughs> I was the operations manager I was the IT person and I was the accountant. Wow. Crazy set of uh, skills, but um, that's all I was doing and I was just being paid for um, one position. And I had to, you know, some of the self-talk that I was participating in was, you know, you're working all these hours with no extra pay, um, so good luck in paying off those student loans that you racked up. Like, that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, uh, just feeling sorry for myself, thinking that I wasn't where I, quote unquote, should be looking at other people's stories and um, messages on Facebook when Facebook first rolled out and and assuming that everybody else had it figured out, right? And that because I believed that I needed to have things figured out and I didn't, I was less than and I wasn't doing enough because I should be X, Y, and Z, whatever X, Y, and Z um, uh, I, I wanted it to be. And it just wasn't serving me well. So I had to take responsibility for those thoughts and just find new ways to shape them. And I think, you know, when it came to just <clears throat> my anger for lack of vision or lack of um, quote-unquote success, um, I I took that and I just reshaped it and reframed it as just ambition to 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 work towards discovering who I really am and who I wanted to be. And, you know, my experience as the the operations manager, accountant, IT person, that was just that was just job experience, right? And I had a unique set of skills that I was honing on a daily basis that I could use in the future to my advantage. So while it might seem like I was all over the place, it was something that I could, you know, put on my resume or um, 
um, used for other projects and uh, job prospects. So I think, you know, being impeccable with your word really starts with the messages that you're telling yourself and um, how you can be able to figure out how that feeds into how you communicate with others. The other part of being impeccable with your word is how you communicate with others, right? Um, can and do words hurt and and how we use them towards one another. And I think one thing that's really interesting is that, like, you remember when you're a kid and you're arguing with your little cousin or your mm-hmm. best friend, your, your next-door neighbor or whatever, and, like, there's all these, like, little sayings that we used to say. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And then I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever bounces off of me sticks to you. Like, all that stuff about trying to train children not to be hurt by what other children say. And we're crying <laughs> while we're still singing these songs. Sticks and stones and Trying to believe bones. it. But Try- we didn't believe it. No. No, and then how many adults Stupid. adhere by any of those sayings? Like nah. it's it's just it's just really, really, really silly. So words again, words are powerful, right? And they have mm-hmm. meaning. So you just want to be careful about what you say and what you're throwing right. towards people um putting out into the universe universe. exactly because don miguel he 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 talks about like the word as energy Mm -hmm. and when you use it negatively he calls it poison Mm. that so if i you know just run up to anybody whether i know them or not and i say hey yo lens you're stupid oh wow and why that that statement is not a reflection on Lindsay. It's a reflection on me right? and how I feel about mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. that now I want to pull you in to my misery. Right. And I also think that like being impeccable with your word gives life to the laws of attraction as well, right? Because if we're talking about our words and the words that we're putting out into the universe, then the u- universe is going to give it right back to us. So even if it's poison, those negative words coming right back. Right. And also something positive. Right. Yeah. And it's like the it, it allows the cycle to continue. Right. So with like law, law of attraction, it's an abuser needs a victim mm-hmm. and a victim needs an abuser. So mm-hmm. the, you putting all that energy out into the universe, like is going to attract like mm-hmm. um, and you become, you know, part of the same puzzle. Um so being able to be really mindful of how you're feeling about yourself because that can affect your interaction with others. And it really starts with your your inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. That inner dialogue needs to be impeccable and you need to hold, be able to hold yourself accountable. And I think... I think how we get messed up, what's really interesting is that sometimes we give the our word to other people more more power than our word to ourselves. Mm. Like in, in terms of 
being set up to need the approval of other people before you have come to some realization or conclusion for yourself. Um, uh, an example that I like to use um, a lot of times is, you know, you might offer to do something for someone. And it could be like help them move, help them paint, like something something that's important but not a life or death scenario. And you feel really obligated to do that thing for that person, even if you don't feel like it because you gave them your word, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, Lindsay, I'm going to come through for you. Like you asked me to do this. I can do it. And even if I don't, I'm still going to show up because I gave you my word. But how many times do you wake up in the morning mm. and you say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going like, to work out. Go to the gym. <laughs> I'm not going to have a hamburger and french fries for lunch. Lies you tell. And then don't don't act on any of it because... Nobody knows but you. Right. So it's almost like your word is more important for other people than it is with yourself. It's okay to let yourself down, but it's not okay to let somebody else down. Exactly. Right. And we just have to be impeccable across the board. Across the board. Mm -hmm. And I think I think it's interesting, right? Because it, it seems like to be counterintuitive. Right. Where <clears throat> if you're more impeccable with your word to yourself, then you can be more direct and honest when it comes to others. So even if I'm in a position where I did agree to do something for someone previously and I'll fast forward to the moment and I'm in a position where I can't for whatever reason, I need to be able to say that mm -hmm. without judgment and without reeling in whatever disappointment you might have because I couldn't follow through with something I promised previously. I mean, and that also leads you right into that next agreement, right? About not taking it personally. Right. Because if you let me down, is that disappointment about me or is it about you? Right. No, it's it's going to be about me, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, it, it's interesting that we were able to have that smooth segue because that's another challenge that I dealt with, right? Um disappointing people and i think that, that it it just makes sense with the the five agreements that i was living right with right, right? to be always be right control. to be in control all of this stuff like it only it only made sense that of course i would have an issue with uh disappointing people right why i i want to be the person that everybody can count on that uh everybody can trust and lean on and all this but at the end of the day, that it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's You're exhausting. Human. I have to be able to live by my own terms and, and put myself first, um, so to speak. Um, so, you know, in terms of not taking anything personally, once you, you've had the ability to be impeccable with your word, you can start to practice the second agreement. Because you acknowledge that the negativity, the criticism um, that someone else is giving you is just a reflection of who they are or what they're dealing with in that moment 
and really has nothing to do with what you did or what you said. And I think what's interesting is uh, I read a blog post on online and um, he was another uh, life coach. And, you know, he said he he had some feedback or a response in terms of this particular agreement. He's like, well, I think you should take some stuff personally if you consider the audience, like where is it coming from? Like is it coming from like a trusted source, like somebody <clears throat> somebody close to you, like your significant other or your mother, your father, your brother, things of that nature. And mm-hmm. and he said he said, Oh well what I what I would do or what I suggest you do is when someone is giving you some type of constructed feedback, ask them for more. Get clarity on their perspective, right? Because we're all experiencing this world through a different lens. I have experiences that are different from yours, Lindsay, and and right. and um, you know, this, that, and and the next person. So there might be some blind spots, right? So he's saying just ask for more information before you reject, just completely reject what the person is telling you. Because it it could be an opportunity for you to make some changes or improvements if you, um, after hearing them out completely, uh, agree with what they're saying and with what they pointed out. And I, you know, I didn't think that was... um, too far-fetched and I thought that was pretty interesting um, and even with with that being said I think it's important to 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 understand like the ways to process that feedback or when someone is telling you um, something that's negative or something that you can work on and instead of being defensive consider what specifically is is bothering you because I think What's interesting is 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 how you get triggered or how angry you get when someone says something um, or points out something that you can improve, right? Because I think the more the angrier you are in response to feedback, the more whatever that person said hits home for you. Mm-hmm. It's touching something deep if your response <laughs> is just like immediately to go on the defense and, you know, come up with a lot of excuses or rationales to explain said behavior or thought process. Because if if you think about it, if a random person, you know, comes up to you and says, um, you know, you're ugly, if you don't believe you're ugly – you're that you're not going to get hurt. Your right, feelings right, aren't right, going to be right, hurt. Right. You're just going to look at that person and be like, "Okay, they ain't talking to me." Me exactly, <laughs> and keep it moving. But if they say something that's more in line with um, how you feel about yourself, then that's probably going to sting a little bit. Yeah, that's so interesting too, right? Because you know how I talk about I do staff development, and so in my past, I've worked with adults who service children, right? And now kids could be real mean, and I have found some of the best staff members lose their cool because a kid 
has hit their sore spot. Mm -hmm. Whether they called them fat, called them ugly, called them, you know, maybe a certain complexion or whatever. And they pick right on that. And because that's something that that individual is struggling with, they just take it personally and attack. And that's the adult dealing with the kid. And it doesn't even matter about, like, the age difference, the authority, the any of that. It's really about you hit that emotional scar, right, that Don Miguel even talks about. You hit that emotional wound on me. It's still raw. You're picking at it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to respond from my wound. Right, right. And and nothing good comes of that no. scenario at all. Um, so, you know, that I think that just stems to from like the need for other people's approval mm-hmm. and to always be in, you know, somebody's um positive uh, perspective of you. And 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 I say that when we really also simultaneously can acknowledge that you're not going to get along with everybody, right? Like that it's just like impossible. It's, it's a it's a it's a numbers game. Like the the math just doesn't even add up. Right. Um, so if there's one person or maybe two or three that aren't vibing with you for whatever reason, then you, you should probably let that go instead of trying to force them to like you. Right. I think that also is like tied to a lack of self-love, right? Mm -hmm. That if I'm not loving on myself, then I spend a lot of time trying to convince people to love me too. And I'll never be successful in that because I haven't convinced myself that I love myself. Exactly. So it's like an endless battle until you really win the war with self-love. Yeah, and I think what's also interesting is that we'll put so much emphasis on what other people think in terms of whether they think we're smart or attractive or we dress well or we speak well and all this stuff. But at the end of the day... Everybody's just self-consumed mm. at the end of the day. So, like, while I might hurdle an insult at whatever if I'm feeling nasty about myself and I want to bring you into my misery, at the end of the day, I'm probably not thinking about you. Right. I'm 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 thinking about me all the time. <laughs> uh, so it's just like you, whatever anybody else can say to you, just let it roll off your back, and and it's easier said than done. But um, I think I think what would add clarity to this, too, is to do your best not to make assumptions as to what other people are thinking. Right. And that's our next agreement, right, is to not make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. That's really just about challenging beliefs because our life experience – really predict the lens in which we see the world so that when things happen to us, and we don't really have all the answers because we didn't ask any questions, of course, but we start to make up stories to fill in those gaps. And that's actually what our brain is designed to do, is to help us fill in the gaps. But the unfortunate part is most of the time we fill in those gaps with inaccurate information. We just treat our assumptions 
Like, they're the truth. Like, I know I'm right. So I definitely have struggled with that. I believe that my story was the truth. And I didn't bother to ask anybody any questions because guess what? If you didn't give me the answer that I already believed, then you were a liar. Mm. You lying to me, Mm. right? And so then I call you a liar, I write you off. But it's still just all tied to the assumptions that I'm making, right? So I even think about... Again, being a a speaker and you're talking to a group of people or you're teaching a class. And when I'm teaching a class, sometimes maybe somebody's on their cell phone. So I then start to make assumptions about that. And my assumption is, oh, they're disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're not interested. I'm not interesting. Maybe the material that I'm teaching is not interesting. And then I start to get all the way deep down, down, and it comes to I'm not enough. Hmm. Right. So sometimes when we make those assumptions, they come from those core beliefs that we have about ourselves, you know. So I really, really had to shift my perspective and not make assumptions, especially being in a relationship. When you got somebody in your life and you want to make it work and hopefully you're with people and you want to make it work, um, Making assumptions doesn't work in in, in that type of relationship. So you've got to have the courage to ask questions. Um, I know that even Don Miguel in the book, he says that we end up creating a whole big drama for nothing. I think of conversations that I've had on the phone with girlfriends Mm -hmm. and we could go into a conversation for 25 minutes off of an assumption. And I have to ask So wait, do you know that this is true? Yeah, I know it's true. How? Oh, because I know. What? Did they tell you? No, I be knowing. Mm -hmm. What do you actually know for a fact? Nothing, really. Nothing. What you're holding on to is your belief and your feelings. And so we are not courageous enough, often enough, to challenge those assumptions that we make. I admire people who do, you know, Um, because when we, again, create that whole big drama for nothing, then we create sadness. We think we create anger. We create fear. And that all brews from those assumptions. Um, If I invite you to my party. And I say, Marguerite, come to my birthday party. I would love to have you there. And you're like, yeah, I'll be there, right? You're being impeccable with your word, right? And I know she's being impeccable, right? She put me onto the book, so I know she's going to be at the party. And then you don't show. Right. I'm going to perhaps make an assumption about it. Oh, she didn't want to come to my party because I'm not important enough, right? Right. And then all of those stories start to kick up again because it's tied to maybe my own belief about myself. And isn't it crazy how you can take something, you know, one of your agreements, right? If if we're going to go off on, on uh, run with the example that the I'm not enough and you create, you literally create proof. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I'm doing air quotes. You right. guys can't see me, but you literally create proof for this story. false story. Mm-hmm that you've created for yourself to now really, really make you believe that you're not enough because I didn't show up to your party or whoever didn't come through with whatever. Right. And I don't really have any proof. I'm just making up more stories Stories, and call them proof. Proof, exactly. Like, well, I remember the time that she did that before, but maybe it was because you had car trouble. And I forgot about the fact that you called me afterwards and said, hey, look, my phone died and I had a flat tire. I was going to make it, but I couldn't. Right. Right. And so if I can trust the mm-hmm. process, 
then I can trust what people are saying because it's just not worth the internal drama. I remember one time watching Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Mm. Um just love Oprah. And she had Brene Brown on there, who I also love. And Brene Brown was just talking about us making these assumptions. She said, you know, imagine if she was on the show with Oprah and then afterwards, you know, she looked at Oprah and said, how did I do? And Oprah makes kind of like a twitchy, funky face, right? And then Brene Brown could make up a story. Oh, I was terrible. She didn't enjoy me on the show. I was the worst guest that she had, right? And so all those kind of like gremlins, right? right? All those things that we make up, those inner voice, the negative inner voice starts to kick in. But you could dismiss all of that by just saying, hey, Oprah, when I asked you that question and you made your face, what was that about? Mm-hmm. Because then you're just creating room for the truth. Right. And sometimes we purposely block the truth because we feel safer in the story in the that we've right. made up all our life. Right. You know, and we look for things to validate that, you know. So it's really important when you are making assumptions to really ask questions, but use your voice. Understand that you have every single right to ask the question just as much as every other person has the right to make the statement or make a request of you. So use that voice, you know, and build that muscle of using your voice to advocate for what you want and what you need. Practice, 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 practice. I started practice with my daughter, you know, and just be very clear. So I want you to go to your room and clean it. By clean it, I mean, you know, X, Y, and Z instead of assuming that she knows what that means, just like in a relationship. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I think one of the things um, about parenting, right, is like you're you're automatically this authority figure for the the little person or little people in your Mm -hmm. lives. And um, one of the things Dex and I agreed to that we would – never do with Simone is, you know, if she asks us a question like in terms of like, why can't I do something? Oh, like because, if we say, I say because so. oh my gosh, I hate that. I hate it. Like we we have we have sworn never to say those words to her and give her a legit response. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, you cannot go to that party because you have to get up early tomorrow because we're going to see grandma. Right. It also encourages logical thinking. Thinking. Like, oh, okay, that makes that makes sense, mommy. Mm-hmm. Thank thank you for like she might still be upset that she can't go to the party. But mm-hmm. at least now now we're clear. There's no she can't make up any story about that I mean I don't wanna right. I want her to have fun or blah blah blah. No, this I'm coming from a logical place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even if it is something fun and I say, Oh no, you can't do that because I think the the probability of you being injured is pretty high. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I will be as clear as I possibly can with that because I, I think it's it's a disservice to children when you just slap the because, because I, I said, said so. so. Well like what if your boss told you that? Like you're not you you're not Mm. And hey, depending on how you feel about that saying, you'll do it because they said so. so right. Right. Because your not relationship everybody is challenging that. Saying, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I think about, you know, relationships. 
You know how many times you're, you're, I'm driving home from work and I'm like, okay, I know the dishes are going to be done and I know X, Y, and Z has happened already because he knows what I want. He knows what I need. But did you ask him to do that? No, he should know, right? So there I am making those assumptions. And then when I get home and the dishes are not done and those things are not You're angry. I'm pissed. I'm livid. But do I say anything about it? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No. I just chalk it up, take it personally, keep it moving, stomping through the house, slamming food on plates, right? Breaking <laughs> dishes that I'm washing because somebody else ain't wash them, right? Do all of that and then go to bed mad. Right. Instead of saying, hey, when I come home today, can you please make sure that the dishes are done because I would like to cook? Right. But we then have this story that says he or she should know what I'm thinking. Right. I, I, I haven't dated any mind readers. Mm-mm. And if I did, I'd be winning the lotto. I would not be here right now. Okay. <laughs> I'd be in Bali somewhere laid up. Okay. <laughs> but um, that's not the case, right? So people cannot read our minds. We have to ask questions, you know. So it is better to ask than make assumptions because assumptions set us up for suffering. And another agreement that will eliminate suffering is to just always do your best. That sounds so simple. Sounds like a fairy tale. Just do your best. Always do your best. And, you know, Marguerite and I have gotten into a little bit of a discussion when we talk about how doing your best or kind of saying, hey, I've done my best is an excuse for kind of laziness, mm-hmm. right? So always doing your best, as Don Miguel talks about it in the Four Agreements, is really just about giving all that you can in the moment. All that you can. If you only got four hours of sleep, you cannot perform the same way that you did off of seven hours of sleep. Kudos to you if you're giving getting seven hours of sleep. I want your world. Tell me your tip. <laughs> Call me. My number's 555 555- <laughs> Five, five, four, four, switched it up on you. And so, you know, it really is just about doing your best and accepting and trusting the process. It's really about making a choice, making the best choice, Mm -hmm. sitting in that, and then being kind to yourself. Because when we believe that we didn't do our best, self-judgment pops up, criticism pops up, and we really start to become our own hater You know, forget about everybody else that's Mm -hmm. in the stands. You are the biggest hater on yourself because you believed that you didn't do your best. Oh, um, you know, I'm a mom. Margarita's a mom. And if I come home after working nine hours a day, now I've got to cook dinner, give a kid a shower and a bath and all that good stuff. And then later on... I don't maybe prepare the best for the next day and then I wake up and I regret it. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, I could have did this. I should have did that. No, Mm -hmm. I really did the best that I could with the energy that I had. I was tired and it is okay. But sticking to that agreement about always doing your best just feels better than beating yourself up about a choice that you made. And it's interesting because when you were saying or describing, you know, the thoughts that you had when you, as soon as you wake up and you use that word, that word should, mm, right? Should that, on that, yourself. It, 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 it sets us up, right? And if we, if we link this fourth agreement back to the first one, mm-hmm. it, it's just so, uh, so intertwined. Mm-hmm. It all becomes intertwined. And you saying you should have done whatever it is. Is again, it's another form of 
I didn't do enough. Right. And you're not being impeccable with your word. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's t- I mean, it, it is all tied together. So it's almost like you can't agree to one without agreeing to the other three. Exactly. They all go hand, hand in, in hand, hand, you know? And so even that thinking of, hey, you're being, that's an excuse for being lazy, mm-hmm. right? I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think it again it 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 comes with the accountability part and being able to check the judge, the inner judge that's mm-hmm. in us all, right? And I think we can we have enough self-awareness to know when you're trying to use it as a cop out. Like right. If you if you legitimately are in a good mental and emotional state and you just don't feel like doing something, then own that. Right. Own that. Don't don't show up and give it like mediocre effort when you actually had a lot more the to ability more. to do it. Right. Exactly. Just because you didn't want to, but oh, I'ma set myself up and be like, Oh well I tried. Yeah. You know what's coming up for me, though, Mm -hmm. is that, like, so sometimes I struggle a little bit with, like, depression. So my father has been diagnosed with depression. And so, you know, people always ask me, where does your high energy come from? It's me working really hard to make sure that I don't kind of fall into that place. Mm -hmm. And that's where always do your best also comes in for me, right? Because then when I am feeling depressed or I'm not feeling at my best and I don't have the energy to give, I have to say I am really giving all that I have today Mm. right i just i barely could get out of the bed and the fact that i got out of the bed but didn't make breakfast that's okay i did my best because i got out of the bed right you know so i really think that that also can speak to that mental health piece that when we're really struggling emotionally that be kind to yourself you are doing the best that you can with what you have right you know and if you're struggling with depression and you aren't getting help that's another story are you then doing your best with that right so that's something totally different but it's really um, about that that self-love as well, you know. And when you say that we all have that kind of self-awareness, it's interesting because we'll have that awareness and we'll keep it to ourselves. But then what we communicate outward, right, right. Is, is something totally mm-hmm. different. So, you know, being impeccable with your word, not making assumptions, not taking things personally and always doing your best. Those agreements really have shifted how I show up in my entire world, not even just in like my relationship, but at work, uh, you know, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. No, um, I think I think that uh, this all ties in really well. And I think the the last piece that I want to add to always doing your best. And I think it's it's important um, for folks to know, um, you know, we this came up while we were doing our um, coaching certification. And it's the, the, the principle that you cannot make a mistake. You know how many people are like losing their mind right now? What mm-hmm. you mean? Right. Because so, so a mistake by definition is, you know, you you're doing something wrong when you have the knowledge to do better. But most of the time, when you make the mistake, you, you don't know better, right? right. That's, that's, that's why we call it, I'm doing air quotes again, a mis- <laughs> mistake. But um, 
It's not holding your past self against your the current um, knowledge or rules that right. you have, right? So if you were struggling with, um, you know, self-doubt like two years ago, 10 years ago, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. where you are right now and the knowledge that you have about overcoming self-doubt is is different. Like you can't hold your past self a- accountable for what you know today. Right. Or something so simple as maybe going out on a date. Right. Mm -hmm. So you say, oh, I'm going to go out on this date. You go out on the date and the date sucks ass. Okay, And you're like, dang, I shouldn't have went out on that date. You would not have known if you didn't go out on that date. Now, if you go on a second Second date. date, Right. Now, let's talk about About what's really going on with you. Why you like this abuse. Right. 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 Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Who said it better? Was it Bush? Bush? No, it was not Bush. (laughs) Not Bush at all. Um, Yeah. And it's it's so interesting. It's it's, it's crazy that you bring up the the dating example because I was just, you know, talking to somebody um, and and talking to, to, to Dex and I were talking to this person about, you know, dating. Um, you know, she had just gotten out of relation, a relationship and she was kind of beating herself up because she's just like, well, how do I how do I keep why do I keep attracting like a certain type of dude, right? Mm-hmm. That does a certain behavior. And we're like, well, you you're never really gonna know who the person is until like you go you, out with you them. go out. Like that it's it's a crapshoot. Like mm-hmm. it really is a crapshoot. Like because mm-hmm. they could look great on paper, on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever you're using <laughs> as your source to vet these people. But until you get to know them and see who they really are, you, you don't really know what you, what you're gonna get, and Not you can't um, you you can't hold yourself responsible for their their actions, right? And you can't shit on yourself because right. you didn't know. No, you you didn't know, so it's it's not a mistake, and and you didn't do anything wrong. You went through the process. That's right. That's right. So I know we're giving you a lot to take in about these four agreements. So it's tea time. So let's break it down a little bit on what our three lessons from our discussion today are. So definitely number one is what, Marguerite? Take what you need and leave the rest. So we we know we 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 talked, you know, up and down and all around the four agreements. And you might be saying to yourself, "Oh, this is hogwash. Like I I don't believe any of this." Okay, that's cool. Fine. Whatever piece that we talked about today, whatever works with you, whatever resonates with you, and that you can relate to, focus on that and leave the rest. Right. And so the E is really about evidence. Really look for all of the evidence that validates the story that you're making up, the story that you're creating, the story you have for yourself, the story that you have for other people. Where is the truth? Okay? Where is the agreement? Excuse me. Where is the evidence that supports that you're not making this assumption, right? Where's the evidence that says that you're being impeccable with your word? Mm -hmm. Where's the evidence that says that you're doing your best? You have to find all of that evidence because your brain normally will go towards the negative and you have to retrain the brain to go towards the positive, right? The ones that serve you. And so evidence is going to help you do that. And the A, address your mess. So... If you're finding 
that these agreements are really challenging, dedicate the time necessary to dig a little deeper. And if that's with a professional, so so be it. If it's with a spiritual guide or leader, so be it. But definitely do not put it to the side and think that it doesn't need to be addressed because it does. Right. I mean, we talked about those emotional scars, right? And so if people say something to you and you react from the defensive place, something's going on and you need to talk to somebody about it. Right. You got to go to therapy. Yeah. You, and you, you got to just ask ask questions, like, first and foremost to yourself. Like, why are you being so triggered? Mm-hmm. What is being challenged by what that person said or did? Um, there's a, a process that we, we do in the coaching world called like a values assessment. Because right. a lot of times when you're getting so upset, it's because one of your core values is is being challenged. Mm-hmm. And you don't like the way it feels. That's right. So we want you to follow us on Instagram. And our name on Instagram Get your pens and pens and, oh, and paper. Okay. Okay, because I'm going to spell it out. Here we go. <laughs> Hooked it, on phonics it, worked for Marguerite. It works. Hit it, it works. girl. It Hit works. It. Here we go. <laughs> N-E-C-E-S-S-I underscore T-E-A underscore podcast. You guys can't see, but Lindsay was doing like the Y-M-C-A. Y-M-C-A. That's right. <laughs> even, though, <laughs> even though there's no Y's. No ends. <laughs> but there's a C and there's an A. a C and an A all throughout there. So um, hit us up. Let us know what you liked about the podcast. You can let us know what you didn't like. That's cool. Because we're not going to take, take it personally. It personal. So hey, um, <laughs> send us your thoughts um, and comments and connect with us there. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for what's coming up. Thanks. Bye. Bye.